Okay. Hello, everyone. I think this is working. Uh, it says live, so I'm going to assume that's working. Um, hi, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm here, if you didn't already know, with my friend and fellow author, fellow podcaster, Dr. Tess Martinus, to talk about reading, writing, and more. Hello, Tess. Hello. Tess has written the um, zombie drama novel, Samstown. Do you think that's a good, good fair description of the zombie drama? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and is now hosting It's Lit Time, which is a podcast about literature and stories, but I'll let her tell you a little bit more about those in a minute. I'm very grateful that Tess has graciously agreed to be with us today to answer some more questions. Um, so thank you for being here. You're and welcome. thank you to everyone watching at home. Um, now I do have some questions prepared, but um, the benefit of the live feature is making an interactive discussion. So if you're watching there and, and interested in, in any of these topics, reading, writing, um, publishing zombies stories or any, any of those things, um, post your questions in the chat too. We want to hear from you and hopefully keep, keep the discussion going, okay? Um, so, okay, I've, I've given you a brief introduction of Tess, and Tess, when I, when I was telling you about, the, about this and, and kind of getting ready to start it, I was like, I almost don't know how to introduce you because it seems like you're doing, you're doing so much these days. You've written at least one book, maybe a couple books. Um, you've taught English and writing for, for some years, in some capacity at least, and now you're also doing a podcast about literature and stories. So I was saying, like, author, professor, podcaster, Tess Martinez, um, how would you describe yourself? Um, any or all of those titles? That's a good question. I think I see myself first as a teacher, and I probably always will. Um, that's, I mean, to be very practical, that's my main source of income. Um, but it's also, uh, I think, ultimately, what I find the most fulfilling. I really like helping other writers. And so I've been able to do that at times in the past through, um, you know, reading and editing, kind of beta reading um, manuscripts for people like I've done with you, Sam. Um, but I think what I do in my teaching is, is, is that. Um, I still have to put on grades, but grading is probably my least favorite part of teaching and I love right I love right I know like if I could just give feedback without having to put an evaluation on it I would I would love that um, and actually I, I've had the opportunity recently to work with a lot of thesis students um, and so that's that I think that's probably my favorite thing right now is just okay. guiding students through the thesis process I love it Good. And you, um, you're also teaching creative writing, right? So, so like specifically with dealing with stories and such. Yes. Not just academic writing. Right. I, in fact, yeah. What my two main classes, I'm teaching. Well, I teach at two different universities, but the two that I am have been teaching for the longest um, are two that I teach at Liberty University that I designed. I'm the subject matter expert. Um, one of them is a is a creative writing research class, um, which is something a lot of people don't think about. You know, creative writers do need research, though. Like when I was writing um, Samstown, I had to find out about you know the setting, which is Hibbing, Minnesota, a real town, um, and I had to look up things like you know what happens when you break your leg and you don't get a cast on it right away and things like that. Um, so I teach that class, and then at the graduate level, I teach a, um, a research class for the professions, so people that use writing in their jobs. Um, so I have people in there that are doing grant proposals and okay. actually started having a lot more people do creative writing in that class as well, um, MFA students. So it's a lot of fun. I get to work. I get to um, give a lot of feedback on fiction these days, which I enjoy. Good deal. Yeah, I know. Um, 
I, I, I've been writing my book and you, and you read good portions of it in, in mm -hmm. various stages of, of revisions. And I, I know those research details are sometimes a weak spot for me because I have, you know, action violence. And I mean, mm -hmm. I, I have no superpowers, which sometimes is not based in the real world anyway. But, people, but um, my wife is always like, this, this injury doesn't, doesn't work like, like that. Or, yeah. or how's that? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I've never been injured like that. So, so right, right. yeah. <laughs> you said you, you, you designed that course or? Um, yeah. Which one? That's interesting. Okay, I've, I've never yeah. heard of a course specifically designated for that. I, I mean, beyond just the broad umbrella of creative writing. So that's cool. That's definitely something we need. Yeah, I okay. enjoy it. Very good. And then um, tell us about your own writing. Um, obviously, we have Sam's Town. I have a copy right here. Mm -hmm. um, and for anyone um, out there, I also did some beta reading for tests um, on some of the early to middle drafts of this. So I'm not sure if I've read the final copy cover to cover. Um, I, I need to, I guess, but um, I've read many versions of this and I like it a lot, not just because I share a name with the protagonist, although that's a happy coincidence, but um, it's, I mean, well, I was going to give it somewhere, but I guess I can, like, I can let you do that if you want to, but but sure. um, I, I really endorse this story, so go ahead, tell, tell us about Samstown and anything else you may have written. Yeah, so I, I've actually had this character, um, Sam, he's now Sam Larson. I think he's had different last names over the years. In my head since I was in high school, different versions of him. Um, he was originally called Sparky Malloy. But anyway, um, he, uh, I wanted to write, uh, well, let me back up for a second. I, I have written another a self-published um, National Novel Writing Month novel that I did back in 2009. And I'm a little bit embarrassed of it, but I'm going to share it anyway because I am proud of the main character um, and certain aspects of it. It's called um, A Man of No Reputation. You can still buy it on Amazon. Um, it was right after I started reading Harry Potter for the first time, so I feel like it was heavily influenced um, by Harry Potter. Um, not in, Maybe not in obvious ways, but um, in ways that are noticeable to me. Anyway, um, so over the years, I've been thinking about this character of, of Sam um, and his best friend, Adrian, who is probably the kind of the second protagonist in the story. And um, I, I wanted to, so Sam is a, is a guy who struggles with depression. Um, he's in his, his 30s. He's single. Um, he's, he's a cartoonist. And um, I, I, always knew those things about Sam, but I didn't really have a story until I decided to um, put him in the zombie apocalypse. Um, I, I had ideas, you know, I wanted him to end up in his hometown um, years later and feeling like he hasn't progressed since he was a teenager. Um, I wanted him going on a road trip. I just didn't know how to put all those elements together until it occurred to me, oh, Sam's a zombie fan. He knows what would happen if the zombie apocalypse started. It probably wouldn't even surprise him, but he doesn't know how to fire a real gun. He doesn't know how to forage for food. He might have theoretical knowledge of all these things, but he's never actually had to do these things himself. And so I, and, and neither has Adrian, his friend. And so putting them in the zombie apocalypse was what made me really have a storyline, I think. Um, so Sam's Town is, is the story of the zombie apocalypse from the perspective of somebody who is not well prepared. A lot of times zombie stories are about, or feature people who have been in the military or have some kind of training that they can use in a really obvious way. And Sam and Adrian and really all of the characters in the story don't have any of that. Um, and so they are having to, um, they're having to draw from maybe deeper um, 
like character qualities that they have, like resilience and persistence and all that kind of stuff that they never really thought about as being relevant to the zombie apocalypse, but they are. So there's a little bit of comedy in it. There's, there is a little bit of romance in it. Um, but, and there's not, and, and there's, I think there's some good zombie violence in it as well. Um, but I've also been told by people who are zombie fans. I've also been told by people who are not big zombie fans that they were also not only able to read it and and tolerate it, but also that they really enjoyed it. So I Good. I see that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to hear. It's, I mean, transcending genres. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I would agree with. I mean, I was not a zombie fan anyway, but but mm-hmm. um, I I would agree with that assessment of your book. Okay, very good. Um, I'm curious because I know I mean I know you're a big Harry Potter fan. You're in some mm-hmm. different fandoms and. I mean, um, in literature and such, and I know you focus on Charles Dickens and things like that. Yeah. So, how did a Harry Potter, Charles Dickens person get interested in zombie stories so much? Just, just yeah, that's a great that. question. Yeah. So it's partly um, through family connections. Um, my mom and my brother are huge fans of George Romero, um, who was the the very famous director of um, Night of the Living Dead. Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, um, Land of the Dead. Um, and he was, um, he did most of his work in the Pittsburgh area, which is where um, my parents grew up, where um, my parents actually live now. They're near Pittsburgh. Um, and so like Night of the Living Dead was filmed in Evan City, Pennsylvania, and they go up there all that my mom and my brother, now he lives in Virginia, but they used to always go up there and go to the, the Living Dead festivals and all that kind of stuff and met people who were in the movies and everything. So I I kind of was, I didn't think that I was interested in it until I agreed to, to watch those movies myself. And I thought, oh, there's definitely something more here than just gore. Um, and then too, I, so I've, I have to admit, I've not read the Walking Dead comics. That's on my to-do list for someday or my to-be-read list. Um, but I have been watching the TV show, The Walking Dead, almost since the first season. I had to get caught up somewhere in there. Um, but pretty much since then, I've been watching it regularly. The new episodes so. on, on Netflix, I, I, I haven't watched watched it in a year and a half because there was a, a delay and and, uh-huh. and, and, and and they weren't on Netflix, but the season 10 is now on Netflix. So this, okay. uh, I'm, I'm watching that's it good. Yeah. And season 11 had just started last Sunday. It's just aired, and that's going to oh. be the final season is what I heard. Mm-hmm. So although, yeah. although they're doing spinoffs too, so who knows when it'll end, but yeah. Okay, cool. I, yeah. I, I, I knew obviously you, you were walking to the fan. I mean, I mean, I used to, we used to watch it together at, at your house, like, yep. like, like back in the day. Um, and and I, I I didn't know if that was your first introduction to to, to zombies or what, but I guess you 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 had the, you had the background from it. I, I am not versed in the classic George Romero. I mean I I know who he is, but um, I I didn't really get into zombies until the Walking Dead era myself. So that's cool. Um, I think it's cool that you're part of the. Uh, I mean, you're versatile in all these different fandoms. I mean I mean I mean again I know like you're obviously you you know high literature and things like that, but you're also you're also in zombies and magic and and and, and things like that um yeah. and you know I, I feel like i feel like writing a story in that setting is is, is more than just being in the fandom it's like you have, you have to kind of immerse yourself so that's that's pretty cool i think yeah thanks yeah <laughs> who would win in a fight between harry potter and rick grimes oh my goodness <laughs> harry potter and rick grimes <laughs> that one was so- on my list. i wanted to throw you a curveball 
That's a good one. I don't think that they would be fighting each other, first of all. But if, well, okay, maybe I can think of a scenario where they would. Like, if Harry brought along a lot of his friends and tried to, like, you know, become part of Rick's group, and Rick was in one of those phases where he was, like, saying, like, no, no, we're not letting any new people in. We're just protecting the people that we have. I could see him maybe getting in a fight with Harry. So I think that if Harry could catch Rick off guard and get in, uh, like, an expelliarmus or something then harry might have the upper hand harry would not shoot to kill rick he harry doesn't do that um so i think yeah i think if, if harry could disarm him then harry would have the advantage but i think that rick is is definitely stronger physically so it would yeah. be it would be a close one <laughs> I, I was wondering about that myself and i was like the, the the start of their arcs i think rick would have it because i mean if, if, if it was like little harry but mm -hmm. like the end of their arcs when Harry is a master of magic, I, I think I would give, have to give to Harry. So yeah, so yeah, that's a good point. Good, good question. Have... Maybe yeah. a fanfic for the future. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, this is going well. Um. Anyone who's watching, feel free to keep giving us your questions and everything. Um. Rachel put in the chat. Um. It's, it's, it's Rachel, my wife. Um. Mm -hmm. she's, she's also said she's excited to read the final version of of Sam Sam. She's also heard various um, versions of over the years. So um, yeah, we have that now. We'll, we'll get to it sooner or later, you know, and, and all, all the free time we have to read books. And, and since, yeah. since we only have like a few books to read now. now. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, tell us about your podcast that you, you started kind of recently. Um, mm -hmm. What's it about and what inspired you to start doing this podcast? Yeah, I started it back in May. Um, I've been a podcast listener, pretty avid podcast listener for a couple years now. And I realized, actually, what helped me realize that I wanted to do a podcast was that I was doing, um, I was uh, doing um, uh, videos for my students, like feedback videos when they would do a proposal for their project. I realized that I could say a lot more a lot quicker and they would be able to actually hear my voice and know that I'm a real person. Um, and so I started doing these feedback videos um, and I realized I was really enjoying this. And so I thought, you know, I really like talking. I miss that aspect of being in the classroom with students. I always enjoyed lecturing. I tried not to only lecture. I would do discussions and activities and things like that, but I actually really enjoyed lecturing. And I didn't have fully online now. Yes, I'm teaching fully online now. Yeah. So I didn't have that outlet anymore. So I thought I have all these ideas and things that I want to talk about and I could write blog posts about them, but I think I want to try doing it with my voice. So yeah, cool. I started the podcast in May. And um, it's about stories. I called it, I was trying to be, you know, clever. They're actually, I originally called it It's Lit, but there are a lot of podcasts out there called It's Lit and, um, or, or Get Lit or, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And some of them were very similar to what I was doing and I didn't want to get into like, um, you know, copyright infringement or anything like that. So I lost a little bit of the pun when I changed it to it's lit time, but I think I still am getting the point across. Um, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I changed it to It's Lit Time with Dr. Tess. And yeah, it's about stories of any kind, not just what we typically consider to be literature, um, but anything that has a story arc. Um, I think in my initial uh, trailer, I mentioned anything from the Godfather film trilogy to picture books, children's picture books. And I actually have had an episode now about the Godfather with a friend, okay. uh, an episode about the super uh, superheroes with you. Um, yeah. And then my yeah. other ones... Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry. I'll, 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 open up a, 
I'll, I'll put in a quick, quick, a quick plug, plug because I knew that came out today. It just happened to come out on the day of, the, of this of this episode. But um, the most recent episode that you released was was you and me talking about about superheroes, which is kind of my area of expertise. So all the internet superhero stories. And if anyone is is watching this video, I just posted the link so you can probably find that on, on my page, like within the past hour. Um, but I hope you can also give us give us the link to the podcast. It's on Anchor, right? It is on Anchor. Yeah, you can find it on Spotify. Um, several different platforms. Probably because the anchor puts it out there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, so, so go listen to It's Lit Time. I'm in the most recent episode, and Tess is in all of them. So. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, sorry, I interrupted you, but um, you were you were oh, about I was just gonna say some of the different episodes you've done. Yeah. yeah, so there have only been five so far. Um, a okay. couple of them are more abstract. The very first one I did was called What is a Story, which was very abstract for me. I was trying to figure out, you know, what can you call, what can you truly call by the name story? And then I did What is a Novel, um, and I did one with my friend Christy about what makes a lousy book. Um, Christy went through the top seven things that make her stop reading. Um, yeah. Uh, a book. And so, yeah, I have lots of ideas for the future guest episodes I want to do. Uh, I want to do one with my husband, Jordan. He's the big um, uh, gamer, uh, board games and video games. And um, I have come to realize since playing games with him that a lot of games have a storyline as well. Right. And so I'd like to do an episode with him about stories. By the way, Jordan just said he can't see our, our live feed. Does he just need to probably go back, <laughs> go to the event and kind of refresh? Um, it, it's, it's, it may not be in the event page, it may, might, might be on my author page, Samuel Lynn Harris. Um, I've okay. been trying to get it to open the event page, I'm still having difficulties with that, but I have, um, I have my wife's computer open here, because I, I, I've had, I've had the, the issue before, and I want to make sure it's, it's, um, working so I can see it on her computer. So, okay. um, tell them to go to the main author page, um, or, or like, like, like Samuel N. Harris. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm actually grab my phone. It's like two yards away. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've had difficulties there. I've, I've been trying to get Facebook Live, um, figure out the, the, the bug is there. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I guess if you're here, you're, then, you, then, you, then you watch, then you found the video and you're not having that issue anymore. But I do right. see we have a few more viewers, so that's great. Um, post your questions in the comments too. Anything for, um, well, I mean, you can, you can always reach me, but primarily for, for tests about writing stories, literature, her experience, her podcast. Um, we want to hear from you all. Okay. Okay, hopefully Jordan can get in now. Uh, yeah, he, um, <laughs> yeah, I think he's, he's commenting now. Um, okay, yeah, okay. The, video, the video is not in the event. I'm sorry. I don't know why it does look quite like that. Um, it's, it's, um, I'm still trying to work out the kinks of Facebook Live, but um, yeah, that's where we are. Um, okay. Um, where, where, where were we? Okay, so yeah, you're working on the, on the podcast episodes um, mm -hmm. with different, lots of different topics. Um, mm -hmm. What are you reading right now? Just, just um, since you're talking about stories and everything, anything yeah. interesting? Yes. In fact, I have it sitting next to me right now. I am okay. reading Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clark. Um, this is one that I've heard about for years and I just bought, um, this year. And this is about, um, two magicians who are living in like in, in, in England in the Napoleonic war era. So I think the book starts in 1806 and now we're like in 1816 or something like that. I've also heard of it. I've not read it. It's so good. I, I think part of the reason I enjoy it so much is that Susanna Clark's writing style is very similar to Charles Dickens' writing style, just lots and lots of detail. Um, and, it, and, and there's always a little bit of humor. And it's just, and, and somebody 
on the back of the book, um, actually Lev Grossman um, said she writes about magic as if she's actually worked it. And I would agree with that, just the way that she writes about magic. It's very practical, but it feels so real. Is this like stage magicians like, like, like The Prestige or is it like, no. actual, like fantasy no. magic? These are, it's real. They okay. go to f the, the land of fairy. There's all kinds cool. of stuff. I, I'm excited to, I'm, I'm almost done with it. And I, I have all these theories about what I think is going to happen. Um, right. And I kind of hope I'm right and I kind of hope I'm wrong and I'm just completely surprised. So I'm really enjoying it. <clears throat> is it like, um, what was I gonna say? So would you say light fantasy or mid, mid fantasy range or I don't know. I mean, I it, would, it takes place in the, in the real world kind of, but. Right. So in that sense, it's kind of a, I guess you would call like a, like a primary world fantasy. Yeah. And it's, it, there's no, it's, I mean, right. Like these are, these two guys are the only magicians in England. So they don't have their own culture. They're very it's, much integrated. Like Potter, in, where, where, where there's like a whole magic community necessarily. Right. These are, it's just these two guys. And, uh, but, but there's a lot more supernatural elements that are coming into the story. The more I read, but there's also all these real people in here. So if you're a fan of eight, uh, 19, 18th and 19th century literature, like they just met Lord Byron and, um, oh. it's pretty fun. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I will have to add it to my list. I, I, I've also seen it before and heard good things about it. I just, mm -hmm. you know, all, too many books, so little time, but, um, Hearing enough endorsements from fans over time might 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 get me to, to fix it up. Okay, yeah. very good. Um, now I know it's lit time is primarily about story and narrative, which is kind of the focus, um, obviously. But um, do you think you'll be able to delve into writing much at all, or are there any connections you can make or lessons you can apply from your podcast to your writing, or or vice versa? I'm, I'm wondering wondering about, about the overlap of those two areas. Yeah, you know, I, that's something I've been trying to figure out myself because one thing I haven't mentioned yet is I also have a blog. It's drtestblog.com. And in that one, I focus more on teaching, um, specifically online education. Um, and I wanted to kind of keep that distinct from what I talk about on my podcast. I think my blog has a little bit of a narrower audience. Um, so my podcast, I'm trying to keep it accessible to people who do not consider themselves writers as well, but I'm hoping more and more to be able to draw principles somewhere in each episode that people who are writers can take. And, and I think the most obvious example of that was the episode, What is a Lousy Book, um, where we were not trying to be judgmental or, or discouraging. I, I, for example, I kept imagining my students who are aspiring writers listening to the episode, and I didn't want to say anything that would make them feel like, well, I might as well not even try because I'm just going to be judged and criticized. Um, but I also you know, wanted to give them some... Um, some things that they could be aware of and try to avoid as they're writing. Um, so not all of the episodes I, I think will be that um, explicitly about uh, writing and the writing process and the writing craft. Um, but I think there will be takeaways, hopefully, yeah. in all of the episodes. Hopefully. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Good, good deal. Yeah. I, um, I know it's, it's, I'm doing a, this, this video series that I'm doing and that I've later repurposed my podcast. Um, it's always like a little bit like, like my focus is, is writing or I'm trying to do that, writing and editing, but obviously there's overlap between stories. And I, I mean, I've, I've been doing book reviews and stuff because you can't really be a writer, a creative writer without talking about stories too. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have, 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 have a feet in both camps, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I was, 
that being said, I kind of want to shift the rest of the focus of the discussion to the writing side of things. I mean, I mean, we can we can always talk about reading more, and I mean, we can, we can there's overlap. But but um, I was going to ask you about writing you've done and things like that, um, either Samstown or or I mean, no, no reputation or others. Um, you kind of touched on, on some of this, but who or what would you say are the biggest influences in your writing? Any specific authors or stories that you have either consciously or unconsciously emulated in your writing, do you think? Yeah, well, so it's easier for me to, to see this when it comes to things I've written in the past. I'm probably still a little bit too close to Sam's town to recognize. Um, but like, I know that, so I wrote A Man of Rep No Reputation um, right after I started getting into Harry Potter, but also right after I had written my master's thesis, which was about George Eliot. And George Eliot is very, um, she will just, George Eliot, for your listeners who don't know, is a woman, um, a Victorian writer. Um, she would just go off on philosophical tangents frequently in her novels. Um, and I did that as well. I think in, in The Man of No Reputation, I had a very heavy-handed narrator, um, which is not something that readers today expect. I think it can work. Um, but I think you have to be really careful with it. And I probably, your style and your, and your tone yeah. <laughs> that you're going for. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I'm trying to think, um, I, I really admire writers who do dialogue. Well, um, I think that's one thing that I tried to really focus on when I was writing Samstown. I wanted the characters not to sound like their speech was very polished. And that's actually a really hard line to walk. I wanted them to sound like real people, but I also didn't want them to be completely incoherent. A lot of times when we talk just as human beings, like we don't make a whole lot of sense, um, especially oh, yeah. when you just see a transcript written out. Um, and so it's difficult. I had to polish it a little bit, but not polish it so much that it sounded like they were no longer real. So that's hard. And, and actually there's some screen, screenwriters that I really appreciate who do that well. Like I, I, I'm a fan of like Aaron Sorkin's movies. I've never watched the West Wing. I want to do that. Um, but I think that he's fantastic at dialogue. So he's another one that I try to emulate in some ways. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. They say dialogue is like, Real speech minus the boring parts, or something, or something like that. <laughs> right. Which, which is hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, I've thought about that. Like, like, how come in stories nobody ever asks, like, what? Because uh, <laughs> in real life that happens all, all the time. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are the, for you? What are the biggest struggles with the craft of writing or editing, and/or what's the hardest part of the process for you? Yeah. Um. I'm. I am not great at plotting. Um. I'm much. I think better at character development. Well, that's, I think that's why I had this character of Sam in my head for years, but I didn't know what to do with him or what to have him do. Um, so plot, plot is difficult. And I still think that Sam's town, I I'm proud of the plot that I came up with, but it's, um, it was hard. <laughs> it, it, it was hard. Um, I, I kind of just wanted, and there are a lot of parts in that, that novel where people are just kind of sitting around talking, which can be, fascinating and riveting um but the the getting them to actually go out there and oh and like to get them to fight zombies that was really i could see it all in my head but getting it on the page was like, really challenging how do you get them there yeah yeah right <laughs> so that was that was tough and i think um patience is not one of my strong suits and writers have to be patient um it was you know waiting through having multiple people give me
hard. There were many times when I wanted to just say, like, I'm done, I'm happy with it, just go ahead and publish it, which is eventually what I did. I did self-publish. Um, but I think because I was able to be patient and get different people's feedback and read through it multiple times myself and go through and add more scenes and, and, and you know, actually go through the writing process, which is something I didn't really do in my like in my life as a student, I was one of those people that would usually just like crank out a paper in one draft. Um, I, I knew that I couldn't be happy with that um, when it came to my novel. And so I think because I was able to be patient and, and go through multiple drafts, I think it's a lot better than it would have been. Which is how it is for any novel pretty much, but, but yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You all heard about um, crappy first drafts or was, I mean, sometimes you use a different word, but I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean <laughs> no one's is 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 best is uh, the best draft the first time. Certainly not my mm -hmm. my, my I quit my first draft now, but but um, yeah, yeah. It does take patience. I mean, I'm realizing that more and more. I'm, I'm reading books. I mean, not just about like like writing necessarily, but, but like anyone who has like a creative project, and it's like you need you need. I mean, patience is is, is required. Like, I mean, it's not only the act of of like finishing the novel. That's a, that's a big step, but it's also like putting it out there, building an audience, that kind of thing, because mm -hmm. you know, that's a whole, a whole different topic that we might get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but, that, but pretty much pretty much for everyone, any author at least, if not any creative person or anyone who has a business or anything, they need to have patience in that area. And it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. hard, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. learning. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, only, I'm only still, still in the early, early stages of that journey myself, but hopefully learning. Yeah. Um, then what's your biggest strength in writing? Or you, might, you, may have touched, you may have addressed it a minute ago, but, um, and or what's the one thing that you think your stories do really well? Yeah, I think I can create characters that people can love and and relate to and cheer for all of those things. I, one of the things what, that I'm, what makes or breaks breaks the story. I yeah, and one of the things that I'm most proud of is I had a a fan uh i think in when in, in the writing you're a member of the, the the facebook writing group that i no longer really participate in um I'm not sorry. yeah I'm yeah, them, yeah. Is, and that's it's a great group i just had to like i was spending too much time in it and i had to like take a step away when i got married and realized sure. you know there were other things but anyway uh i i anyway i think in that group there were several people one person in particular that i'm thinking about who just like really loved my character sam and i that made me so happy that i was able to create a character who was real enough that someone could actually um say that they loved him you know um and, and say that they related to him and so i think my other characters too i, I really relate to to a few of them um sam in some ways but others more so um but yeah i think that that's my strength is creating a character that you can you can care about and cheer for um i don't i don't have a lot of experience with creating characters that you want to to hate or uh you know villains but i'm working on i'm sort of slowly working on a sequel to samstown and there's yeah. going to be a bad guy in that one so okay. that's something i'm getting a little bit of practice in now Interesting. <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's it's can be hard to write villains i mean i mean you you, you don't want to really get into their mindset too much because mm -hmm. oh, i could go on tangent there but but yeah um I, yeah. I, I, I guess in the first one, it's like there wasn't really a bad guy. I mean, it was like zombies, but um, yeah. yeah, that's 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 not exactly a character or anything, but yeah, right. more of a backdrop. But yeah, um, 
Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having read having read your book, I mean, I, I'll I'll attest. I mean, all said, I'm not I'm not saying that just because you're on here, but I, I I also connected to Sam and connected to the characters mm -hmm. in there, so I endorse it to um, any readers or listeners on here. Um, what's one writing tip you can offer that people either overlook or don't know? It's going to be either from your own writing or from grading papers and teaching creative writing. What's a tip you would give? Yeah, well, let me give you, can I do two? One of them is very practical and kind Absolutely. of boring but important. Okay, Absolutely. so the one, if I think about errors that even really good writers make when I see their early drafts, because in, in my class, I mean, it's an eight week long class and they're really only working on the piece itself for about five weeks. So what they turn in is basically a first draft. Um, so even really good students, I'll notice they will shift tenses back and forth between present and past um, because that's so easy to do sometimes when you're writing. And so it's something that has to be pr proofread specifically for. And so that's one thing that stands out to me. Um, I almost always see at least one tense shift in everybody's work. So that would be one of my, and, and it's, it's quite popular right now to write in present tense, especially along with first person point of view um, and so I sometimes have students like I think they wrote their very first draft like in third person and then they decided to shift it to first person or vice versa or they decided to shift it from past to present and then they don't catch all of the the instances so that's just that's a really practical thing but like you know pay attention to that kind of stuff because it matters um, my other piece of advice would be to listen to real people's conversations um, and like actually pay attention because I think that that's to the extent that I think I succeed in dialogue I know I could still improve more but I think it's because like I really try to pay attention to how people talk and so I'm not advocating that you know you all become eavesdroppers necessarily <laughs> but like people watching and people listening um is is really really um is really helpful if you want to get that voice that sounds authentic <clears throat> and doesn't sound overly polished or fake um so listening to people talk and reading of course people who do really good dialogue i feel like that one's so obvious that that writers need to read yes i do yeah, I sometimes hear people say like, oh, I like to write, but I'm not much of a reader. And I'm like, oh, how, how? <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Good, 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 good tips, good advice. And I, I mean, even when it's, if it's things we've heard before, I feel like everyone needs to hear it again. I mean, I mean, yeah, it doesn't hurt. Um, I have a few more questions, but again, I see a couple of people watching this, so post your questions in the comments too. Um, and we'd hope to, like to hear from you. I wanted to ask you about your publishing process. Now, I know you, you mentioned a little bit ago you self-published, but like, mm -hmm. um, just what was the process like for you or how did you decide on a, a specific direction there? Uh, anything you can share with us? Yeah, I decided to self-publish because, um, and this is a very personal decision. Um, some people um, want to traditionally publish because that is how they envision their book. But um, for me, I, uh, I thought I was happy with self-publishing because I knew that the people who I most wanted to read it, who were people who had already in some way connected with my characters or parts of the story, I knew that I would be able to get the book to them through 
more quickly um, if I self-published. Um, and so what I did was I used um, Amazon's, uh, it used to be called Create Space, but they changed it to Kindle Direct. Um, and it is a free publishing platform um, where you can both, you know, it, you make your book available on Kindle, but you can also do um, print on demand uh, paperbacks. And um, I was really happy with their platform. It's really easy to use. Um, you can set your own price. It lists your stuff on Amazon right away. Um, I, it's, it's easy for people to find. Um, and, and, and I don't have any kind of experience in like desktop publishing really or formatting or anything like that. And I think that this platform made those things pretty easy for me as well. Um, I should also mention the cover art. Uh, I have an uncle. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't put that as a question this time, but I, but I, I should have asked about that. So go, go ahead. Yeah, that's okay. I'll hold up my, my uncle, my uncle, Mike Nair, um, who, is, <laughs> who is a, um, a, a graphic artist and, um, has worked as a, a cartoonist. Um, I really, I, I like to style and I wanted, because Sam in my story is he, that's his job. He, he, writes and illustrates a web comic. Um, I wanted it to be in that kind of comic book style, my cover. And so um, I asked my uncle to do it for me and I think he did a fantastic job. Um, I love how Sam is the focus there, but the background, you know, the zombies are just kind of like hovering back there. Cause like you said yeah. earlier, they really are kind of the, 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 uh, the backdrop to the story. So that's, that's one thing that I would recommend if you go through, um, uh, creates or not create space uh, Kindle direct is to um, get some good cover art whether you do it yourself or you commission somebody to do it I mean, I think it's worth paying somebody to do it um, yeah. Because that's what's gonna set you apart. I mean you can put like a stock photo there, but um, yeah. This is you know, this just makes it unique. I know you said <laughs> back today uh, I, 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 I did at least one I think I think I think also my my first nanorama novel which which um, I rarely speak of because it's, it wasn't very good. Um, um, I, I, I think I think I also did that through through, through Create Space, and I I, I tried, to, tried to put like some Google stock photos together, or, or like like it was it, it was it was a space story, and I just, and I just took a screenshot from Google Earth of the Earth, and I, I, just, I want to make sure it wasn't copyrighted. But um, but, but 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 yeah, it was um, yeah. yeah. Your, your way sounds better. So so yeah. Um, I also later from from, a, from a next one that I. I self-published um, or did put out on demand. I I I got a friend. I commissioned a friend to, to, to draw a cover. So that's mm -hmm. that's good. If you know people, I mean, I mean, even if you don't know people, you, I'm sure writers. You can ask around. You're in author communities and such like that. Mm -hmm. um, shouldn't be too hard to find someone out there. But um, okay, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. It's it's a good option mm -hmm. for anyone who's interested. Um, the thing about self-publishing, though, is of course, I mean. Even if, well, maybe even with, with some traditional these days, but definitely with self-publishing, you have to kind of self-promote and and build an audience and things like that. So, um, what if anything have you done or are you doing for self-promotion or building an audience or are you really trying to market that, that book right now or just kind of kind of leaving it on on the back burner? Um, anything like that? Yeah, it's it's a little bit on the back burner for me because I did um, right after I finished that draft, my first. Well, my my finished draft, I guess I would say, of of Samstown is when I met my now husband, and so like my focus shifted, um, and then <laughs> in a positive so, direction, I'd say. 
Right. Yeah. And, and I moved, you know, um, all within the past couple of years. Um, so promoting my novel has not been a high priority. Um, but I do think that having, you know, being present on multiple platforms helps. I also kind of have a built in audience because of I have students um, and I, I created this is sort of like a, a side note. But um, one thing that I recommend to teachers who teach online is to do like a class Facebook group. Um, I'm not I have class Facebook groups. I'm not incredibly active in this, them. The students are actually more active than I am. But by kind of a side door, if students join that group, then they see my Facebook name and they might go over and click there and they might see that I also have a blog and a podcast and that kind of stuff. And I've actually had a couple students do that already. I've got a student, well, she was in my last class. She's a Godfather fan. And she said, oh, I think I saw that you did a podcast about the Godfather. And I'm like, yeah, listen to it. Nice. Um, so that's, that's a kind of, um, I'm not actively promoting right now but i'm sort of using the the connections that i already have which i think is where everybody has to start i, I, I think that's good. i mean i've said before i mean my audience right now isn't huge i mean if, if you're watching listening to this i appreciate you especially if you if you're someone who does not know me in person and found me somehow great but i mean you know i definitely started with people i already know like you like like others because that's 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 how everyone gets their start so so cool okay yeah, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, um, having, having the student student connection there is, 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 is cool. I, I know, I mean, I mean, if, you, if anyone didn't know, I, I came out of a teaching background and, and there was, sometimes there's some debate about how much you should or shouldn't go the line between teacher-student relationships. At the college level, it's, it's different because they're, they're, they're adults. But, yeah. um, but um, so it's, it's cool you can do that. And I mean, you, you, I don't know. You could teach your own novel, or or, 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 or like, or like, 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 like yeah. as as a creative writing resource, maybe, or something. I, I don't know. But, but, yeah. Like, you have a, you have a captive, captive audience who, who is paying to be there and hear from you. So that's that's pretty cool. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you've touched on this already, but um, any future podcast episodes you can look forward to? Any that are lined up right now? Um, zombies, Harry Potter, anything in the works? Yeah, so I, I took a little break um, because I, well, August was busy and my September is going to be very busy as well. But this coming week, actually, I'm planning on contacting some people that I hope will be in episodes with me. So I mentioned the one about games. Um, I right. would love to do one on Charles Dickens. Um, and I might ask my dad to join me on that one because he's a big Dickens fan as well. Um, I mentioned my um, mom and my brother being um, zombie fans. They're also both big Stephen King fans. So I was thinking maybe I could either do one or two episodes episodes with them um, even, yeah and people that have already actually all three of the people that I've already done an episode with I think I've talked to including you and said like we should do another one so um, sure. I have some people people lined up possibly so I just need to get their commitment but yeah all kinds of um, and I might go back and do a couple more abstract ones about concepts like you know maybe like the difference between a short story and a novel which I think is really interesting I'm always excited when I see students um, say that they're interested in short stories because I think it's a little bit of a dying art form and I yeah, think it's a wonderful yeah. art form um, that I would like to encourage. Not my so forte necessarily. I mean, I'm, I mean, short anything is not my forte. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but, it's, but I appreciate those who do them well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, good, good things to look forward to. And then as far as creative writing, again, you, again, you touched on it, but what do you have in the works currently or in the future? You're working on a sequel to Sam's Town. Very slowly. I have a, what I have right now, actually, I did, um, when I was still 
in this Sam's Town editing mindset, I did knock out several, I don't remember how many pages, uh, but the first several scenes of a sequel, which is called Sam's Home, which I'm actually very happy with because it is a pun. It's, you know, both Sam is home and the home of Sam. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so, and, and it's, it's a sequel that picks right back up where the original one left off. And, um, I don't, I mean, I had to take a break from it for a while, but lately I've been, I have a, like a note on my iPhone that I go in and like right now, all I'm doing is five minutes a week, which is very minimal, but you'd be surprised how much you can <laughs> brainstorming you can do in five minutes a week. And so I'm, I'm like really slowly kind of just doing actually like what Charles Dickens used to do, which he, he would, he did it you know, not electronically, but he would take a piece of paper and write a line down the middle. And on the left, he would write um, all of like the remaining chapters in his novel and what he wanted to happen in them. And then on the right, he would write questions like plot questions that he wanted to eventually answer himself. That's okay. kind of like what I'm doing right now with Sam's cool. Sam film. Yeah. yeah. The, the plotting stage. Yeah. So, so you haven't, haven't begun drafting that just kind of outlining and plotting? Yeah, well, like I said, I did draft those first however many pages, but I don't know if I'm going to keep them or not. I might keep parts yeah. of them. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this again, also from, 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 from next book. I'm like, I have it laid out, but I'm doing some other things that I haven't been able to get to, to mm -hmm. pursue it yet, but it's cool. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, I'll definitely want to read it when it comes out. So Thank you. So, yeah. Okay. And then we're about to wrap up, but um, where can people find you and your work online? I mean, we went over some things, but just, just send out how to find you again. Sure. So first of all, if you look for my novel on um, Amazon, uh, it's under my maiden name, Just Tess Stockslager. Um, and there is a album by the band The Killers, which I should have said this earlier. I also took some inspiration from them. They have an album called Samstown, which is a fantastic rock and roll album yes and i listened to it a lot when i was writing sam's town um and so yeah it's it's great um yeah. if there are certain songs on that album that i associate with certain parts of my novel um mm -hmm. but if you if you search sam's town on amazon you're going to find the killer's album so just you know make sure you put test docs later um and uh so i'm there i am um I, my blog is called drtestblog.com mm -hmm. And Doctor is just DR. And uh, my podcast is on Spotify. Like we said, it's on Google Podcasts. It's, but if you just go to anchor.fm, it's called It's Lit Time! Exclamation point with Dr. Tess. And it's, if you see, like a, it's like a, a flame. The logo is a flame with yeah, like a yeah. border. So um, that's me. And then um, I'm on, I'm not very active on Facebook at all, um, but Tess Doxlager Martinez is my name on there. I don't have an author page like you do. I should probably make one of those. Okay. Um, I have yeah. so many pages like for my students and stuff though, or so many I know, groups. It's all it's, 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 it's to keep up with once you start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit more active on Instagram. My Instagram is TessRS, all lowercase, T-E-S-S-R-S. Um, so yeah, I'm on Twitter, but I'm like really not active at all on Twitter. So I won't even give okay. that out. So okay. yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, you heard it there. Yeah, mm -hmm. go check out Sam's Town and the It's Lit Time and um, everything else um, from Jess. So yeah. Well, mm -hmm. thank you for being here today. Um, that was yes, all the questions you. I had. Thanks for okay. um, sharing your insights and wisdom and work with us. Uh, this is good. Um, for anyone watching out there still, um, like my page, Samuel and Harris for future discussions and content for writers. 
or sign up for my mailing list. It's at, it's at the, um, the link in the, in, the, in the description that has the words Kipper Maker with some numbers. Um, when you sign up, you get a free sample of my story, Fractured Heroes, with a few of my favorite scenes that I think you'll enjoy, as well as um, future events like this, future live videos and things like that, and content I'm putting out for writers. So um, thank you, everyone, for watching today. Thank you, Tess, for being here with us. Um, any last comments? Anything for the audience? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I said all the wisdom that was in my head is gone. Now, okay, yeah. So. <laughs> I always ask, I ask in case, but, but, but I wasn't looking at anything yeah. here. So thanks for being here. Have a great weekend. And um, until next time, keep reading, writing, and rocking. Bye, everyone.